This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Yeah, so in, in practice, you know, oftentimes Mike will go with the scout team and I'll help out with the scout team as well. Um, and it's easy to kind of just think that's, you know, not, not a live rep. But if you approach it with, you know, it's an opportunity to get work in, then you're building chemistry even in practice. And when our number's called in the game, um, I feel like it, it shows. So you just got to take every rep in practice serious, whether you're going with the ones, two, scout team, whatever. Um, and I feel like that's what we were doing, so... Colin Johnson right there had a big day for the rookie out of Texas. Seriously, this was going to be a topic on Jaguars All Access, but we ran out of time. It was in there. It was, where is Colin Johnson? That was going to be the act, the, the, the end of the show topic yeah. last uh, Wednesday when we did the show pre-Thanksgiving. Yeah. And bam, he goes, that's a big game yeah. on Sunday. Uh, that's good. You know, that's again, that's a, that's another nice sign. Man, Jack's played hard in that game again. I'll say that about Doug Marone, man. He's got him playing hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are. That was a big E right there. It wasn't a big L. It was a big E. We're still. I mean, you know what drives me crazy, right? That's why we're doing it. Yeah, I got you. That was entertaining as hell. Entertaining as hell. Yeah, I mean, it was all right. I mean, it was so. Can we get? Can we, can we address the analytics now? Yeah, you just. We, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But okay. You just have to like. I had uh, Chris Patterson, former UNF hoop star, sure. stop over today. Cool. And he Flex. was like, the sun is is shining brighter today. One, because I think he was happy that Dave Caldwell, they're, they're starting oh, okay. to make changes. Okay, I got you. And two, because right now, Jags fan who have been who has been rooting for wins and wins and wins for so long and come up empty and empty and empty and feel so bad, yeah. right now they're rooting for something and it's actually being fulfilled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... In a way, it's like, this is kind of fun. Yeah. It's like, we're rooting for entertaining games and close losses to get the big pick, and sure. they're actually doing it. Yeah. yeah. Let's do this every year. Yeah. Listen, you know how I feel about it, man. All right. <laughs> entertaining losses uh, don't mean nothing to me. It means bupkis, if you will. Uh, but I'm glad you're having fun. Um, this just in from the NFL. We were just talking about it. Well, yeah, what's going on Steelers here with fantasy football? And, Steelers and Ravens pushed to Wednesday. Yeah. Did you tell me that if you're in fantasy football... Then I, from my understanding, Steelers, it might not you might not be able to use them. So yeah. I hope you made changes. Well, because I have Benny Snell getting ready. Here's here's my problem. I got Benny Snell right now on the bench, just chomping at the bit because you know James Conner's out. Yeah, Benny Snell right have, have a big game, right? Have a huge game against the Ravens. Clayus Campbell I think is still out, so I heard yes. something in the run game. Yeah, Benny Snell can have a huge game. Well. I got him in my back. I'm waiting for him to go on Tuesday, and now he's not going to go until Wednesday, possibly. I'm not sure if I can play him or not. Now I have Greg Ward uh, on my bench going tonight. Like, do, do, do I play Greg Ward now and get, I don't know, five points with Carson Wentz and the Eagles? Or do I risk it for the biscuit and go with Benny Snell? By the way, I'm down by, like, 15 points. I have to go with Benny Snell regardless, unless Greg Ward can give me 15 points. I don't know, Brent. Mm. Mental gymnastics. With Jalen Hurts. Getting a lot of the snaps, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not uh, sure what I'm asking you either, because you're you're horrible at fantasies. I'm not sure what I'm asking. Horrible. I'm kicking butt and uh, consolation bracket. So far, I'm I got consolation bracket. That's what they're calling you <laughs> in the streets. Uh, by the way, ESPN's probably fielding more frustrated calls about well, how we're an ESPN are you going to show this game. So tell us first. Get, can we get some, get Matthew Barry on the horn? Get him on the show right now. I got to know, Matthew. What's going on Listen, here? Listen, you had all weekend. You had games you knew was in flux. You could have changed your lineup. I have Lamar Jackson as my yeah, starting you quarterback. Do, you do. I had to make a move. Yeah. I made a move. But, but, if Benny you didn't Snow. make a move, that's on you, hey, GM. But, but, but you know, Benny Snell was chopping at the bit to go. Those Ravens, man, I tell you what. 
Just trot no quarterback out there. Do it with the Broncos. Trot no quarterback out there. Let the Steelers get that dub. Let Benny Snell go off, and we'll be happy. We spent a lot of time talking today about uh, Dave Caldwell and the Jaguars firing the GM. Yeah. The other part of that statement from Shad Khan was, was interesting is Doug Marone is safe and the staff is safe through the end of the year. Did that surprise you at all? Yes. Extremely. Um, I mean, listen, if you subscribe from the tanking philosophy, one could say, well, if you keep Doug Marone, you know, you, you don't get that bump when you fire the head coach and all of a sudden you play better. You play with something more like you, you can make an argument and say that could be the case. But do you really think that this team right now, Brent, the way this personnel is set up, do you think they're going to fire um, Doug Marone and all of a sudden they're miraculously going to beat the Baltimore Ravens or they're, they're going to beat the Colts at Indianapolis? Like I have a hard they're, they're going to beat the Titans. I have a, they're going to beat the Vikings. I just have a hard time believing that. So, I mean, from my perspective, um, I probably would have made a, a couple more changes in terms of coaching, but I guess he's going to let him see it through. So be it. But I think it's a miscalculation. Yeah, I think here's the deal. It, there's a couple things going on here, and I don't believe, like, hey, Doug gives us the best chance of losing. I don't think Shot's thinking of that. Yeah. I think Doug has uh, obviously not won enough games. I also think... They are playing extremely hard for Doug Marone. I mean, again, that I, I understand that's their job and all that stuff. But when it shows up and they look interested and, like, it does not feel like they're a team that's lost 10 in a row when they're out on the field. I, I've covered many of Jags teams where it kind of feels like they're just dead. They're over it. Right? Yeah. And that's not the case. And that's easy to be like that, easier than you think. And I understand it's not supposed to be like that, but it's easier than you think. So I think there's an element of that that is like, hey, okay, also – Making changes in this world right now in COVID-19, when Doug Marone already understands all the protocols, has already established all the protocols and all those things, I think goes into it a little bit. Mm. Now, and, and again, I will say this, and I've said it forever. Shad Khan has illustrated to us, he's actually said it in front of a microphone before, he does not see the value in midseason changes. This is still considered midseason. I know there's like a month ago, but there's five games left. So that's not end of season. I was a little surprised he said, hey, we're going to – you're good through the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, but, again, at that point, what's the point of making a change for change's sake with two games to go? I also think people did wonder, and I think this might be – have a little credence to it. Jay Gruden comes in, what if they get the bump? And if they get the bump, let's be honest, in the big picture, it does maybe take you out of the number two draft pick. Well, but it also – it also gives some life to maybe Jay Gruden's the guy, much like Marone gave himself some life as that interim tag years ago. Listen, I get what you're saying, but you mean to tell me that they're going to get a bump so much where they can trot Mike Glennon out there in Minnesota and beat the Vikings or beat the Titans at home? Like I just they could have won the last three out of the last four games. They could have, and by the way, that's against Houston. No, it was Houston, but Green Bay yeah. who might be the best team in the league. Whoa, and oh, it, careful. One of the not careful with that. They're not the best team in the league. They might be. Steelers and Chiefs are way better than them. Okay. But anyways, yeah. Fine. I mean, that's one on. of the best teams in the league. Well, yeah. And the, a Cleveland team who I don't really think is great. True. But they're eight and three. Yeah. And they went toe to toe with them. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I, yeah. Can they win? Can they, Minnesota man? Minnesota's eh. Chicago. Well, yeah, but see, like, this is a situation like where Doug Marone's calling the plays. Or like Doug Marone has uh, such an influence on the offense or defensive scheme. This is an, this is a situation where like Doug Marone is like a culture guy. Like he's makes sure his team is ready to roll. 
And I think if you let that guy go, I don't think that's going to have so much effect on your players where it's like, well, we got to win one now. For Like, for instance, when Jack Del Rio got let go, like, he stopped calling plays at the end, right? Because, like, Jack Del Rio had a big influence on our defense. Yeah, yeah. Well, all of a sudden they let him go, Mel Tucker comes in, and now all of a sudden our defense changed around yeah, a little yeah. bit. Now, I'm not saying if, if you fire Doug Marone, things might change, but I'm just saying to expect to fire Doug Marone, and all of a sudden the Jaguars team plays with more intensity, plays with more, like, guys, we had to win this one. Like, I have a hard time believing that. Yeah, I don't either, but I, yeah. I just don't, I don't see the benefits in firing him either, I guess is my point. Mm, I, I, I don't know. I think the team's not very good, so I don't think they would win either. Mm. But they did have chances the last few weeks to win. You're not and wrong, I, I give credit to Doug and the staff for that. I mean, as much as the record's going to show itself and it's going to show him out the door, yeah. he's done a, at times, I think, a pretty good job of coaching. He's also made some questionable moves, in my opinion. Mm. One involves the quarterback situation the last few weeks. It's been kind of bizarre to me. Uh, and the other one... It, now a couple of different occasions this going for two. I know the going for two bothered you. Oh, you, you know See, the going for it, two didn't bother me as much. And, and again, so well, then shame on you. No, it, it's the play call. It, it's like wh- how how does it turn into a a fade? Yeah. With one, I understand it was a run James pass Robinson. option, right? Sure. It's, that's what he said. And so they loaded the box, and so either he protected the QB for, for making it into a pass in the post game, or he explained it the way it was. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is you ended up throwing a fade <laughs> on a two-point conversion. Yeah. So, like, why run that play if you're going to do it? And you took points off the board. Again, yeah. but why, it, why are you so in favor of going for two? Well, uh, here's the thing. I have a hard time, I have a hard time coming in here today – and and with a team that's lost ten in a row, and a coach that is getting his guys to play hard, but also a few weeks ago said, "Hey, we're gonna try some crazy play." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and sitting here and picking apart going for two or not. Listen, <laughs> if I'm in his situation and I've really got nothing to lose, and I can go, he, he was gonna go for the fake field goal part, right? Right. Yeah, they tried an onside yeah, kick yeah. with Keelan Cole a couple weeks ago. Listen, I, I don't know if you want to sign up for crazy whatever, but if going for two is is trying to win and a, and steal some points here or there, I don't. If they want to go for it on fourth downs, you know they don't have to do kamikaze style. But if you want to try some things that are a little outside See, the box, analytics be darned. Uh, I just don't mind you doing some of these things. I have a hard time criticizing him going for two. I just don't understand the play call when you have James Robinson no. there and, yeah. and, and it ending up being that kind Listen, of play. We both agree that the play call was horrible. You have James Robinson in the backfield, uh, toting the rock hard all day. We both agree on that. But, like, what I can't come with you on is when you say, we got nothing to lose. Well, yeah, you did, because you lost to the Browns. You lost to them by two points because you chose to go for two points, right? If you were to kick two extra points, it would have been a tie game, and who knows what happens. So I get the whole philosophy where you're you're out of the playoffs, you're desperate, you need a win, and you got nothing to lose. Well, no, you lost the game to the Browns, and part of that is because you chose to go for two. Like, the whole analytical thing... It, it drives me absolutely insane. Not because I'm a former football player. Not because I'm an old school type of guy when it comes to how I think about my philosophies of football. It drives me crazy because it puts every single team in a box. Like somebody in that stadium in Jacksonville right now, or maybe on Sunday, was like, hey, well, we have the numbers here, and the numbers say we should go for two. You know why the numbers say you should go for two? Because three years ago, the Pittsburgh Steelers made it a habit of going for two-point conversions, and it worked out for them. Because maybe a year ago, the Eagles made it a habit of going 
over two-point conversions, and it worked out for them. And all of a sudden you think if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're the, the Pittsburgh Steelers of two or three years ago. You're the Eagles of last year. You're not. It doesn't work like that. You have Mike Glennon. You don't have Carson Wentz in his prime, okay? You don't have Ben Roethlisberger with all these offensive weapons. What you have is the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they're not even close to those two teams. So it drives me absolutely nuts when you have guys on their computer break down percentage and say, well, let's do this because this team did it. You aren't that team. Stop trying to make yourselves that team because you're not that team. That's what drives me crazy about analytics is that you had people in front of the computer who maybe never played the game of football before go, you know what, we should do this, we should do this, not because of the game flow, not because of the physicality of the game, but because other teams do it. You're not other teams, so stop trying to act like it. That's what drives me so crazy. And you want to know that the best analytical teams right now in the NFL, the top four teams, taking off an article on ESPN to start the season, the Ravens, the Browns, the Eagles, and the Texans. How are those analytics working for any of those teams right now? Yeah, the Ravens are pretty good. Browns, eh, whatever. Uh, Browns have the best year they've had in And the Eagles and the Texans. How's analytics working for them right now? It so, just depends stop. how much they subscribe to them, but I, I mean, know, man. that but sounds a little get off it. my lawn ish. It is. I mean, uh, Tampa, is. Bay, Tampa Bay Rays just went to the World Series because of but, analytics. But, but, but you said, but, but that's but come on, man. They just went to the Brent, World Series Brent, because of it. That's baseball. You know, dang well, baseball and football are different. Don't even put them in the same category. Don't even put them in the same boat. It's not even close. The emotions, the physicality, the game flow of a football game. You can't put numbers behind it. You can't look at a computer screen and say, "Do this, do that." That's not how it works, man. But my point is this: you wouldn't be bitching about it if they had just called the right play and got yeah, the two yeah, points. No, trust me. Like I remember sitting there thinking, if they convert this, I'm still going to be upset. Because like I don't care what the odds say. It's just it's not good football. It's it's not going to win you games in the long run, and it didn't win you a game against the Cleveland Browns. Simple yeah. as that. Uh, listen, if I was Doug, here's why I have no problem with the two-point conversion. Again, I have a problem with the play call, but I have no problem with the going for two, and he's done this now countless times. And by the way, going for two might have sent him on a bad karma spill against the Jets <laughs> back in 2018. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, that's like the beginning of the end yeah. for this franchise is ever since he went for two against the Jets yeah. in 18, late in that game. Yeah. But I wonder if they had kicked the uh, t- the extra point, mm-hmm. right, in the situation you're talking, and they go 2020, mm-hmm. right? It would have been 2020. And then they come down and they score. I wonder if they would have went for two in the win. Yeah. And so now, would you think that would be an analytical play or a gut play if he goes for two in the win? That would have been a gut play, I think, just given the game flow, given how they felt at the time. That would have been a gut play. But when it's whatever, it's nine or yeah, it's nineteen to seventeen, I believe it was on Sunday or seventeen to fifteen at the time. Well, the, the first time they went for the two point. Yeah, so it was the score made it nineteen seventeen. Right, I'm seven, sorry. Yeah, so it so made it twenty seventeen. Exactly. So, but when it's nineteen seventeen and you're going over your little notebook or whatever it is, or someone's in your ear, like to me, that's all analytics, man, and it, and it drives me absolutely nuts. And I think it's killing the game. All right. Uh, hey, oh, uh, I, I'm that guy now. I'm that old person. Get off my lawn, guy. That I was like a little it. bit get off my lawn. I like it though. I mean. Whatever. You just got like some guy sitting in the behind the computer. Well, I'm just saying like hey, the guys sitting you know behind do? computers have done a lot of things. No, listen, and I'm not trying to make fun of, of nerds and dorks, man, because I'm probably the biggest dork that I know. So I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm trying not to saying that. Okay, well, I'm not saying that either. But all I'm saying is if I'm Shad Khan and I'm taking on GMs right now, I'm interviewing people, and if one of them comes up and he's like, hey, well, I, have, I crunch these numbers here, and it turns out if we do this a couple times, we do this, and then we go for two here, I'll take a kick here, don't punt here. If a, if a guy does that to me as a GM, I'm kicking his laptop and saying, beat it, nerd. I'm going old school. 
Just, just hire me then. Well, for all the folks out there that don't want Tony Khan to be the next GM, you got a chance. <laughs> I mean, well, no, but well, Tony, Tony Khan going to be the next GM of the Jacksonville Jaguars? You think? By the way, the names people are throwing out there. Are they throwing them out? No, man. Um, and, and no, there's no legs to that. I'm just okay. saying people have, have thrown Okay, careful with that now. But now, listen, I mean, Tony is a big part of the analytics. I mean, he has his own analytic business. Yeah. You know, um, that, that it runs in sports. So, and I, I, I think there's just a measuring stick here. You've got to know when to use the gut and when, and do you have the freedom to do that? See, the baseball guys don't, you know. Kevin Cash doesn't have the freedom. They yeah. are all in on the numbers, and that's what they're doing. They're living and dying by it. But it's the, also the a different game, guys, though, Brad. It is a different yeah. game, but I'm just saying the football – like, to me, honestly, Joe Girardi, I believe, got fired in New York because he didn't believe in him enough. Mm-hmm. And so they said, okay, we're going to go with Aaron Boone because, hey, you can be a first-time manager if you believe in numbers. Okay, I will. You know, in football, a little bit uh, – it's a little different. When do you use your gut? When do you use the numbers? Mm-hmm. And, again, you still – you could have called a better play, is my point, and, and make it work. It and we both like agree on that. They just don't. And when it works, well, people don't complain about it as well, much. What, yeah, well, that's the thing. What do the analytics say when you have Mike Glennon making his first start in the NFL, throwing the ball to Colin Johnson, making some of his very first reps in the NFL? What do the analytics say then? Yeah. Probably not that good, not good Brent. But it worked. It worked what? Oh, it I, work. oh, oh yeah. I thought you meant on the long oh, touchdown. Oh, the, the long touchdown worked. I'm saying what the analytics say on, on, this, the, one, yeah. on this one. Well, yeah. listen. If you're going to throw a fade, at least they picked the 6'6 six, six guy. <laughs> That's a good the point. crazy thing, it wasn't really even a fade pass. It was yeah. like a bullet pass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, hey, Coos, we're ready for a little prize picks. Uh, before we hit the break, uh, how'd you do this weekend in prize picks? Been better. Now, I, I called Logan Thomas, right? You Logan Thomas. I mean, come on. Come on. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, couldn't string them together because, well, I, I had this guy by the name of Hollywood Brown supposed to be going on, you know, Thanksgiving Day, and that didn't pan out because the Ravens didn't play. And, now nah, I'm not sure if they're to play at all. So, who knows, Brent? But overall, thank you, Logan Thomas. But, unfortunately, I couldn't build a, a proper entry with him. Hey, if you're checking out our uh, streams on the video, you can see that prizepicks.com, the prizepicks app. Uh, put the promo code in JAX, J A X. And uh, you can get a 100% match on your first $100. And uh, if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, you can see how to do that. If you're listening, just go to prizepicks.com, and you can do the same thing. I actually had a pretty good weekend, man, especially okay. on Sunday. Got one okay. of those four deals done. I had a oh, bank. Yeah. Baker Mayfield is it, over. Is that, is that a grand slam you just hit? I hit a grand slam. Okay. Tom Brady over, thanks to some garbage stuff. <laughs> you got lucky there. James Robinson over. Oh, of course. And Delvin Cook under. You and Delvin I Cook Delvin under. under. He had been lighting it up, man. I, I'm Sometimes I break away from the trends, which is dangerous. Yeah. But... I mean, yeah. you weren't wrong, obviously. And Dang, then, and I then, see you. How about the play? You want you want to know you love a play mm-hmm. when you put an entry in, okay? And you go Jarvis Landry over, and he does it on the first drive. <laughs> makes you feel real good. It Ooh. makes you feel real good. What was the projection of that? Ten and a half points. Oh, jeez. He had twenty eight point <laughs> yeah. three. I'd say so. And Devontae Parker ended up having a big, uh, uh, pretty big day. Anyway, he went over as well. So, uh, yeah, lost some one once. Yeah, but, 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 but the he hit, he hit a grand slam. Yeah, and the grand slam feels good because all of a sudden, like the confetti drops down on the hat, <laughs> and it's like grand slam, grand slam. I'm like you better believe it. So anyway, check out. Hey, do what we do. We've yeah. been playing along. It's really a lot of fun, and and. Uh, 
you got to be patient. Yeah. You, you got to pick your spots, but you can do college basketball, uh, college football, NFL. You can pick two players, three players, four players. It's simply this. It's over and under. Mm-hmm. That's it. So projected fantasy points, and you go over and under. You pick your favorites and, and how you think somebody will do. Uh, Daily Fantasy Simplified, prizepicks.com, the prizepicks app. Again, the entry code or the promo code is JAX, J-A-X, uh, if you're listening to us. And you can get a 100% match to your uh deposit of up to a hundred dollars by just putting in the promo code jacks play along it's a lot of fun get anybody going tonight uh eagle seahawks you know what uh i'll I'll give you one person right now 16.6 projected points carson wentz okay uh obviously the seahawks secondary uh, this is your dad's uh seahawks secondary this is our eagles or seahawks secondary and it's not that good Go ahead and give me Carson Wentz. I feel like all the chips are on him right now. Uh, there's rumors of Jalen Hurts possibly coming I was in. I say, does that scare you a little bit? Because Hurts has apparently had some first team reps. This is to me. This is do or die time for Carson Wentz. Um, and, I, and I'm, I'm taking the North Dakota State Bison, man. I, I can't knock his skill set. So give me Carson Wentz with the over projection 16.6. All right, if you did that, I would take DK Metcalf. Even though the yeah. Eagles defense has been pretty good, mm-hmm. um, but I would still take the I would take Metcalf. I like the receivers, man. It takes one big play and the you're receivers lying. you're right in the mix now yeah. if they choose not to go to them yeah then you're you're oh whatever but dk metcalf could have a big game i kind of feel like russell wilson gets himself back in the mvp talk tonight mm-hmm. on the big stage let me ask you this the return of chris carson though you know the i mean let's be honest it's, it's been a turnstile uh, for yeah. the seahawks running backs chris carson's supposed to be back tonight the 100 percent does that scare you a little bit in terms of passing the ball do they start pounding the rock a little more now again i think they'll slowly give it Easy get them in. in there yeah. uh, although they really did a good job of running the football again the last time i was at arizona that Two weeks ago, Thursday. Yeah, with Carlos yeah. Hyde. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they did a good job running the clock, and I think they want to do that a little bit more. So Carson might be a pretty good play. Are you Carlos Hyde good now or not? No. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. So- <laughs> Slept through Jaguars all access. We don't root for him. You're never going to forgive him, huh? No. Okay, I respect it. Um, cool. All right. Uh, we'll take a break. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Make sure you check out prizepicks.com, the Prize Picks app. Play along, and uh, we'll do so uh, on Thursday once again. Uh, give you some advice heading into uh, the weekend of college football in the NFL. When we come back, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Should the Jaguars play Glennon again? Or will it be Minshew for the first time in a long time? What should the Jaguars do at QB? I talk a little football. I mean, outside of a two-point conversion. Isn't it crazy on a (laughs) Monday coming in here? On a Monday after the Jags lose 27-25 in a pretty good football game. Mm -hmm. We're hardly talking about the game. That's what happens when the GM gets fired. Uh, we talk a little bit more about the Jag situation moving forward. I got five more Sundays to go. It's next on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. I want you to put yourself in Leonard Fournette's shoes. Probably a little bigger shoes than you're rocking right now. Well, Shocker, you're wearing sandals, and that's all good, though. Brent Martineau. Well, you, you are, you too. They're just like, <laughs> I mean, just like look I like might as well be. I might as well be. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You know, Shad has said multiple times, hey, whatever you need, you know, so from the support standpoint of whatever the team needs or whatever the players need, it's never been an issue. So I think that's attractive. I think when you look at, you know, the, the, the dead money and, and things of that nature, where we are now, it's good. So, yeah, I would think, you know, I'm not involved in that world as much, you know, saying as, as, as far as like, you know, how do you sell, you know, saying a position like that? If I was... You, you know, I look at it more from the coaching perspective, you know what I'm saying, of, of things that you have to do. 
but I would think that you you'd be able to go out there and and and, uh, and there's a lot of positive. That's Doug Marone talking about the vacant GM position and how attractive it is. Jags feel like they're you know they've got a. a Good young core of players. How good it is, I think, is debatable. DJ Chark, Josh Allen, yeah. Miles Jack, CJ Henderson, Jawan Taylor. You know, oh, Brent Scott, James man. Robinson. I mean, uh, you know, I don't get so excited. Come on, huh? I, it just depends how you feel about it. But yeah. I, I tell you this: it, just more evidence of talking to people and digging stuff up and. They they really do they they feel like they have the right mix of players in good core good core good mix group of guys, players yeah. good I don't know what that always means that's dangerous yeah but they did not like that team the last couple of years sure I mean, I mean that's pretty crystal clear yeah I mean they just did not like going to work every day with mm-hmm. those teams I mean there is something to be said for that there's also something to be said for running those guys off true so I don't know it's somewhere in the mix all right Glennon or Minshew what do you do this week. You know, to me, it's very telling, right? Because Minshew, I think, gives you the best chance to win. Yeah. And if you're watching Doug Marone make this decision, well, assuming that Minshew's almost back to 100% health, you would say, well, then start Minshew if you want to win so bad. But it really begs the question, how fractured is this relationship between Gardner Minshew, this team, and Doug Marone? Like, I feel like if it's going to be Glennon, we're not going to have a clear answer of why it could be Glennon. I've been a big advocate for Minshew. I thought he was actually going to be ready to play this past week. That's why I thought they might beat the Browns. Mm-hmm. But I actually think... Glennon, based on performance, I would hold off on Minshew one more week because I think Glennon earned another start. Really? I think Glennon played well, and I think he earned another opportunity. And and if you still don't know about Minshew and his health or you're, you're mad at him or whatever the situation is, then I would probably play Glennon. I think he's going to play Glennon again this week. That's, see, that's interesting to me because I think Minshew definitely has the best chance to win. And I think the equity that Minshew has built up states that when he's 100% healthy, or at least almost 100% healthy, he has the right to get a starting spot back. It's interesting. All right, Sean, let's get to Sean on the line real quick here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. i got to run and do TV um, on this Dave Caldwell stuff on CBS 47 and Fox 30. So Austin will take the question. You hope you had a good Thanksgiving, Sean. I did. I hope you guys had one, too, as well. Uh, I, okay, so Michael, my, I want to say this. I'm with Austin as far as the uh, the analytics thing go. I think the analytics doesn't take into account the human soul. You know, it doesn't yeah. take into consideration the fact that, hey, if a player feels like I, I need this to, and I can get the game, if you give me the ball, I can win the game, analytics is going to sit there and say, no, give it to this person. But if a person believes they can do it, they're going to do it. And I believe you want a GM who's going to who's going to understand the human element of it. If you're going to listen to analytics, I think the analytics part should only be in a form of trajectory. You know, if we draft this player, how far, what's his potential, and then go off, then base it off of that. But don't let analytics actually dictate the game. Sean, man, that's a that's a great point. Thanks for calling. Um, uh, a couple of things that you said, and I think you're spot on right now. And unfortunately, Brent's doing his news stuff, so he can't defend himself. So I'll go and take the reins from here. But I thought what you said was spot on for a couple reasons. First of all, to me, football and baseball are not even in the same realm in terms of sports. Okay, uh, listen, I played both of them. I didn't really play baseball at a competitive level. I, uh, I play little league, um, a little high school baseball, but I get it. All right, and in terms of mentality, in terms of focus, you always have to be there in the game of baseball. You have to know how many outs there are. You have to know the count, all this stuff. 
But let's be honest. It's a lot more mental. And when you have a sport that's a lot more mental, you can rely on analytics a little more because now all of a sudden the game flow can be justified by the numbers, right? We see it all the time with shifts. We see it all the time with what type of uh, pitcher a pitcher is going to throw or where you, you, know, you shift the outfield. We see this all the time in baseball because, well, in terms of mentality, that's what you can do. Now, I'm not sure if our caller has played football before, but I don't got to tell you that to play the sport of football, especially at the highest of levels, it is a little craziness. And Brent Martin will be the first one to tell you that. You have to be a little crazy in the head to play the sport of football. I don't care if you're a kicker, a defensive lineman, a quarterback. It's not for everybody. Okay, and the reason why I say it's not for everybody, because it's a physical, taxing, grueling, and grinding type of game. So when you have that type of game, you just can't hide behind a computer and say, I'm going to push this button and we're going to go for two. You, like it's just it's the, the game was not meant up to, to be set up like that. Now don't get me wrong. Sometimes analytics are key, and like Carl did a great job of saying, you know, in terms of who you draft, in terms of maybe those undrafted free agents that you go after. You know, like maybe some sort of analytics said, let's get James Robinson. You know what? And in that standpoint, the analytics were right. My point though is is that you shouldn't be letting numbers and computer programs dictate the outcome of a game in terms of how you coach, in terms of how you go about your business. That I can't co-sign on. That I can't agree, you know, I can't agree with. Because at the end of the day, when, when you're in the trenches, man, and you're on that field, like, if I'm a player, I want a coach who at least knows what he's doing. I don't want a coach to go off a computer and say, it's going to work best this way. I want a coach that's like, okay, this game feels like we should do this. It feels like we should do that. And maybe more sport than any other sport in professional sports is with football, sometimes you have to go off of feel. And that's why I'm so against analytics. But it was a great call, some great points being made. And let's be honest, anytime a caller can agree with me and disagree with Brent, uh, I'll take that call all day. Um, I want to go back to the, the, the whole Gardner Minshew thing real quick as well, because uh, we have some interesting comments here. And by the way, Mr. Pico Boulevard calling out my shirt right now saying that LCD sound system isn't the American dream. Dusty Rhodes says, Mr. Pico Boulevard, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Dusty Rhodes is the original American dream. But I'm also going to say that American Dream from LCD Sound System is a pretty dang good album. So hopefully you can meet me halfway there and agree with me on that. But getting back to the whole Minchu thing really quick, I'm sad that it's come to this point. And the, way, the reason why I say I'm sad it's come to this point because I'm not sure if Minchu's going to be the guy for the rest of the year or not. I'm not sure if he's going to be starting against Minnesota or not. I just don't like how this whole thing ended. Because right now, if Mike Glennon goes in there, and let's say that for whatever reason, Gardner Minshew's up, and he's the backup quarterback. Well, what, he's going to have to be the backup quarterback, but not going to have to be the starter? Like, that would rub me the wrong way. And if that's the case, it goes to show that there, there was a rift. There was some kind of um, miscommunication between Minshew, the team, the team, and Doug Marone. And 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 while I say what you want to say about Gardner Minshew in terms of his performance on the field, I've been nothing but a fan of the guy off the field in terms of how he's handled himself, how he's carried himself, the way he answers questions. He brought some personality back to Jacksonville, and he kind of put Jacksonville on the map for just a brief stint. So I hope that it ends at least in a civil manner. But I feel like with if they go with Glennon going forward, and Minshew's going to be the backup, that's not going to end that well. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I, here's the deal. Did you see Mitchie bought a house? I, I did see that, yeah. So yeah. he's under contract for the next couple of years. I actually feel pretty good about the Jags quarterback situation moving forward because mm-hmm. they're going to get a young player that you're going to believe in. Yeah. You know, whether he's good or not, we won't know. But you're going to believe in him. And I I mean, Mitchie as a backup QB is a great situation. Yeah. And I don't know, Glennon, I think it's just a one-year thing. Mm-hmm. But even even Luton getting some experience now, you go, you have some depth at the Q. And by the way, very inexpensive depth. True. So it's like, okay, I can check that box. Basically, by 8.15 on April 30th or whatever the draft night is on that Thursday night, you will have your quarterback room all set. Yeah. And you don't even have to worry about it from a dollar standpoint or anything else. It's a nice situation to have. Um, and I still don't know if we know the full story on the Minshew stuff uh, and as to how it relates. Um, I would expect him to play again this season. Mm-hmm. And one of these last five games, I just don't know if it will be this week. We have Rob on the line right now. Let's get to Rob. Uh, and apologies, I was doing some TV, so I don't know um, what topic you want to talk about. What's up, Rob? <laughs> hey, guys. Um, first of all, I want to say I love the show. Uh, I live here in Vegas, and I listen every day. You guys do an awesome job. Um, but I, w- I want to talk about – you guys are talking about analytics. Um, I 100% agree with Austin. Um one of the things that bothered me was we had that fumble recovery and we scored the touchdown and it felt like we had all the momentum. And then when we didn't get the two point conversion, it felt a little deflating. And I think that carries on to the team and can kind of really bring everyone kind of change the momentum a little bit. And I remember a few years ago um, when uh, Blaine Gabbert was here uh, reading an interview with Tony Khan and he talked about how the analytics show Blaine Gabbert's passer rating on third down was like top 10 in the league or whatever. Mm. But if you watch it, a lot of it was just dump offs to the backs or, you know, conversions like late in the game and garbage time. Like it wasn't winning football. So it's like you can manipulate the analytics and the numbers in so many different ways that don't actually serve you necessarily in winning the game. And I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, Rob, uh, it's a good call. Thanks uh, for listening so, all the way from Vegas, by the way. I, I got to make it to Vegas. Still yeah. never been. And put them on the roll call list. Put them on the roll right? call list. Las Absolutely. Vegas. I, I, it's interesting. Uh, this many comments about about the analytics. It's fascinating. I, I don't disagree with you, okay? Listen, I, I've got to be crystal clear. Mm. I would probably debate this way more, like spend an hour and a half on it, if they were six and five. Mm. they're one in 10. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter to me that they went for two. Like it really doesn't in the grand scheme. I understand what you're saying. The analytics, you can certainly spin numbers. No doubt. Uh, I can find you some good numbers. Sure. Anybody can. Analytics do not take the heartbeat into consideration. Mm-hmm. They just don't. And I think we saw it in the World Series to use that comp again because the Rays are so fresh in our mind from having success with analytics. But pulling Snell out of that game at that time, it was Snell, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Out of the game didn't make any sense in anybody's. It's like, hey, computer, you have no emotion, right? Like you can't feel it. And I think that's what Rob's saying right there. It's like you have the momentum. If you miss it, kind of like why everybody hated Jason Myers kicking around here for a while. It's like you score a touchdown, then boom, miss the extra point, and it almost stalls the momentum. I'm not sure I'm a 100% believer in that, but I understand what you're saying. Well, at the end of the day, too, like it's – you know, the the whole Snell example, it's – it's a great, you know, I mean, it's it's a good comparison. And it was a great call by Rob here. 
But like, and I kind of, I kind of echo on this a little bit when you're doing your whole video thing uh, for the news, where I'm saying the sport of baseball, like, I get why it's so analytical, because I, I played the sport. It, it's such a mental game, Brett. Right, like I mean, yeah, it can be emotional at times, but you can't like lose yourself in the game of baseball, right? Like if if a batter like hit a home run and like tore off his shirt and like run, like people be like, what are you doing? Or like somebody, you know, like a like a game winning triple, like maybe that could justify it. But my whole point is like, listen, the game of football, you can't be normal to play that game. You said it yourself. You yeah. have to be a little crazy. You are, and that craziness, that emotion, that physicality. That's not on the analytical spectrum. That's not on the computer screen. That doesn't fit the math. You can't bottle that. So to sit here and say, well, let's go off a screen, let's go off of, of some numbers and say let's go for two, okay. But, like, you got to take into account the emotion, the physicality, and the game. Yeah, I just think you have to be careful to match the computers with how you feel at the moment. Sure. Like, if you think you should go for it on fourth and one, well – then you feel okay because you picked the right play and you made it. See, I told you you should go for it on fourth and one. Like, yeah. it's sometimes you got to separate from that. Now, what you said earlier was, hey, I was going to be mad about this play no matter what. I didn't I like the idea. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to do in live action. Like, but how did you feel going into it? Yeah. And sometimes there'll be a timeout and you'll be like, listen, I don't like the idea of this. Or sometimes well, you can say, like, listen, Cleveland, Stefanski, how can he, I hope he's getting ridiculed for going for yeah. it on fourth down. Yeah. Like, did I mean, the numbers listen, you say see this? That? Like, why did he go around the it? league, Brent? Like, and, that, and that's why, like, I was so upset when the Jaguars didn't go for two. I mean, and maybe they got it, maybe it worked out, but guess what? Like, I, I've seen this story too many times, I feel like. And I've seen this story too many times where it doesn't work out. And it seems like this year more than any other year, like, for whatever reason, the analytics are saying to go for it on two. The analytics are saying don't kick a field goal. Don't put points on the board. Risk it for the biscuit. Whatever. Like, this year seems to be more than any other year where they're doing this. And I, I don't understand why. Like, I, I can't get a straight answer of why all of a sudden these analytics are so big. Like, I don't know if it's like a pyramid scheme where all of a sudden somebody at IBM got an inside track to the NFL and now they're going off the analytics. Like, I don't know what the deal is. I just don't like what, what the game's turning into because of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a trendy thing. And, and what I believe, and I remember having this conversation when it comes to the analytics part, is if you believe in it, believe in it. Yeah. Don't be wishy-washy on it. And that's why I give the Rays credit. You know, again, I know it's a different sport, but they're the best example. And they're not the only example, but they're a great example of it because they believe in it. And yeah. they go all in on it. Yeah. And so they're no, there's no in-between with them, mm -hmm. right? They know who they are. Like what you say about football, yeah. they know who they are. And that's what they are. And so I don't know if we know who the Jags are when it comes to analytics. I know they, they've got a sheet. <laughs> And that's all I know. Mm. Um, and, and they have a guy who has, and Tony Khan who has an analytic business. Yeah. And I still don't know if they're all in on analytics here in Jackson. Well, he's used those analytics, I mean, for good causes, too. Like I was telling before when you were doing your video, I think James Robinson maybe is here because of analytics. Might be. And, and that's he's great. Found, he's found some players over the years because yeah. of that. Yeah. But when you find yourself in a game flow with a game on the line, that's where I draw the line and say, all right, I'm the head coach here. I got to go with my gut and my instincts. Yeah. But again, they are. That's not new that they're taking that away from coaches. No, listen, man. And I was I, I understand like this is 
I understand that I'm an old dinosaur right now. You are. And, and I'm a fossil. And I, I'm not going to come like you're with... wearing Skechers instead of Vans. Yeah, by the way, that's a whole other argument, by the way, too. But I mean, but just, just go ahead and wear two middle fingers on your feet next time and say, you know what? I don't care about my job. I don't care about the news part, the radio part. I'm wearing Skechers today. That's what Brett Martineau's doing. I'm just live on TV in Skechers. Unbelievable, man. I mean, someone's got to eventually have a, a sit-down with you and talk about your, your, your goals here coming up. But my whole point is, Brent, that's fine. I'm going to go kicking and screaming into the night, but I'm not going to hop aboard the analytics train. All right, give me one thing uh, and then a quick thought or two to sum up uh, Dave Caldwell. What do As, you think about uh, – uh, here's my give me one thing. Thanks, Sarah so Fuller. Emotional right I know. Now. I mean, you were getting crazy about the numbers. This isn't a numbers <laughs> day. Uh, Sarah Fuller well, – I appreciate the calls. <laughs> yeah. uh, and love from Vegas. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Fuller, first woman to play in a Power Five. Yeah, that's um, awesome. What did, you, what did you make of it? I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I actually, I watched uh, almost an entire Vanderbilt game. Yeah. Much to my dismay. Hey, spoiler alert, not sure if you knew this, Vanderbilt, horrible. Terrible. Horrible team. Yeah, Derek Mason fired up. Should have put her at halfback or at a quarterback because that, that whole team was... I can't believe they couldn't get her even in position to kick up. You couldn't even set up for success? Listen, yeah. I, but it's I, awesome. Gonna, I think gonna, it's great, man. I'm going to tell know. you, I'm going to be fully honest. Listen, oh, here we you, go. You have to say, it's a great story. Because right? it is. Well... Oh, it here we a, go. It's oh, a cool story. Yep. Hit me with it, Brent. Let's go. I'm just going to be honest. Yep. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I was sitting there, and we're, we're actually eating in Charleston, and we're, we're kind of keeping an eye on it mm-hmm. on ESPN. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, is this being a little bit overblown? She had to kick off in the game. Like, I get it, but she had to kick off. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have felt, I'm like, is, should I feel a little better about this if she kicks an extra point or a field goal? Is this being forced? Yeah. The storyline by everybody around the country because we politically correct have to say it. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I, like, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. That's no, like, I'm, I'm wondering speak that. Speak it, man. Speak that truth. And then I've got my 15 year old daughter across from me. Thank you. And she is checking her phone every two minutes yeah. to see where Vanderbilt is on the field. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh. Like, I actually self-checked myself right there. That's awesome. Like, she was sitting across from me at the table yeah. and watching Vanderbilt play football. Yeah. And by the way, Kaylee loves sports, yeah. but she doesn't watch Vanderbilt play football. Okay? <laughs> Nobody does, Brent. So, I think to me that summed it up. You know, all it was it was a cool story, and yeah. it had impact. And is it a little forced at times? So what? It's a cool story. It's historic. Um, I would have liked to see her try to kick a field goal. That would have been cool. I mean, and I, I, I'm I sure she would have too. Yeah. So um, I don't think – I know people say it's a publicity stunt, all this stuff. No, I don't think well, so. I, I think it yeah. has bigger meaning than that. Get away from the surface of it. And I'm just telling you, I can share my story where I thought some of those things – it raised – in my mind, I raised some of those questions. I don't know if I thought it, yeah. but I, re- I was like, all right, are we being fed this story? And like, we're not going to be able to s- criticize no. this at all. And then I'm watching again, Kaylee, right across from me, watching Vanderbilt every two minutes to see if she gets a kick. I think that's pretty cool. No different than the Marlins hiring a female general manager. Or give us another example. No, I mean, th- that's that's the perfect answer, Brent. Right, And, and that's what I was looking for. Right, because... A bunch of talking heads out there, they had a problem. Well, it was a lead story on ESPN. Yeah. And they, they kept on showing her highlights and the interview. She only had one squib kick. That's fine, man. But think about, like, what do you want to lead off with? COVID-19? Politics? Like, it's been a crazy year. All right? And I say that in the worst way possible. But at the end of the day, at least we had this cool moment in time where a girl joined the football team and had a kickoff. Yeah. And you know what? And it meant a lot to your daughter. 
and, and if you have a problem with ESPN showing it for the first thing of their highlight, it wasn't meant for you. Yeah. It was meant for those little kids out there watching it. So props to ESPN for doing that. All right. Uh, I mean, we could watch Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. I mean, see? Nick, well, and trust uh, me. And I have a lot to say about the whole Nate Robinson we'll thing. Tomorrow. We'll break it down tomorrow. Hey, we'll do I got some thoughts about that Jazz as well. Jazz Report Live coming up tonight at Fox 30. We'll talk more about the Dave Caldwell departure. Live local loud up next on ESPN 690.